Well, hey there, folks. Chris McLean back with yet another episode. And in the studio today, I have Daniel Snow, and he's the CEO and founder of The Snow Agency. They're a performance and social media marketing agency that's disrupting disrupting the e-commerce landscape for DTC brands. Daniel's a proven expert, having launched and scaled numerous viral e-com brands himself over the course of three and a half years, generating over $50 million in revenue without ever receiving funding or a loan. This entrepreneurial foundation is what inspired Daniel to launch the Snow Agency. Something else to do, Daniel's also the founder of Rap TV. It's a passion project for him, and this is the largest hip-hop community in the world. Rap TV has reached viral status with over 13 million followers across own channels and generating 250 impressions a week on social media alone. Daniel, very impressive. What's going on for you, mate? Thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you for having me. Um, <laughs> and yeah, Rap, Rap TV is now over 25 million, so it's grown quite a lot since we since I wrote the bio. Since that little bio, wow, wow. Just as a, not a bad side hustle, mate. That's a, yeah. <laughs> just something to fill the days. Agency, just uh, throw that in too. So take us through uh, the Snow Agency. Take us back. Did you? Is this your first run at an agency? Have you had it? You, obviously, you said you had a. You've had a few e-com brands um, sort of over your time as well. Did you start in the e-com, sort of doing e-com, practicing e-com, and then you leverage that knowledge into an agency to help other e-com brands? Is that how it worked or yeah, is there exactly. a, another story there? Yeah, exactly. So um, before the agency, I was running a portfolio of brands I owned and operated alongside my brother and another partner. Um, and after running those brands for three and a half years, we had had we sold the company and as companies um, most notably the Perfect Sculpt, Goat Case, Manscaped King, and a few others, um, and we decided we should, we wanted to focus on the advertising and growth portion of the business, which we enjoyed most, anyways. So um, yeah, that's what inspired us to start the agency, and we've been full time on it for almost coming up on two years now. So business has been growing fast, team has been growing. We have a number of really you know amazing case studies and success stories with some of our clients so excited excited for the agency and what's it what's ahead of us yeah it sounds like some pretty accelerated growth sort of over three and a half uh, years to doing those sort of numbers is that across what sort of client portfolio is that so you have sort of larger care counts or you have multi multitudes of sort of smaller to mid-sized accounts what sort of businesses do you work with what sort of size and scale of client do you work with we work with anyone ranging, you know, from startups to the Unilevers of the world, um, yeah, right. between. So we're, you know, we're, we're, we're very good at growth and no matter the size, I think we're very good at problem solving. Um, that applies mm -hmm. to people that are spending a million a month or zero a month, um, you know, zero a month. Hopefully they, they already have some sort of, uh, uh, traction organically and whatnot. We see a lot of people, you, you'd be surprised. With traction organically, you know how to work with influencers, but are not leveraging advertising to its full capability. All the way to you know company people who might have raised some money initially and are ready to launch and scale their brand quickly. We have some of those as well. So um, yeah, prime, you know people come to us to grow. Mm -hmm. If we don't, if if we're not growing them, uh, you know they're most likely not gonna not gonna remain uh, with us. Yeah. So we, we we keep that in mind at all times. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so DTC, so direct to consumer and e-coms, quite a specific 
um, I guess, skill set. And obviously, you sort of you've been in the trenches of that, that industry, having done it yourself. What what was it about that? <clears throat> I guess that attracted you specifically to kind of ecom in the first place when you were running your own shops, and then to continue. What is it about that environment? Is it just a passion? Is it the the fluidity of it, the agility? What what is it about ecom that attracts you so much? Um, I would say for me, what attracts me so much is um, number one, I got into it just because it's. I, I think it's such a low barrier to entry. You don't need mm. to have huge startup costs. You don't need to have a plethora of experience prior. You know, it's, mm. it's such a, a low barrier entry. Anyone can do it, and you know that's a, why. You know, one of the primaries how I got in was 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 you know because it seemed uh, like like low barrier to entry. You know, once you start scaling, you can build your moat and all those other things. Um, so that, I think that's why it's such an interesting space right now, and that's how. Mm. Um, it's grown so fast, you know, that's how Shopify has grown so fast, more and more people, mom and pop stores and other people are just looking to get it, start their online, um, yeah. their online career, you know, you, you mm, can do that mm. now, so. Yeah, is, is Shopify the platform that you sort of started out with, do you, and, and do you work generally with sort of Shopify and uh, sort of Amazon brands, are you sort of across you know, independence and self-owned? Um, platforms as well or do you tend to gravitate to those sort of bigger platforms because I, as I understand there's quite a, a distinct difference between I guess the the flexibility of if I've just got my own website that's got an e-com platform on it versus you know managing something on Shopify there's different rules and re- regulations I guess with how flexible you can be in, in growing those do you tend to work with one or the other or it's just sort of whatever, whatever somebody has you're able to go in and sort of tinker and grow um, really you know we try to push people to, to Shopify, but if they want right. to, to stick with what they have, we're not going to not sign a client. Um, if, if, if they're, if they want to stick to Wix or whatever they're using. So, um, that being said, I think Shopify is by far the, the best, uh, platform for, for, uh, for growing an online brand today. Um, especially after seeing the, uh, behind the scenes of some of the others, but, um, yeah, it's you know it's 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 a lot easier to navigate Shopify, that's for sure. Mm. And obviously, they're they're a massive platform, so there's I guess sort of inbuilt tech support, and it's you know the the interface and getting as you said the the barrier to entry is probably a, a lot lower with something like Shopify, where it's almost going having to build up a, a WooCommerce shop from scratch. Um, so it's you know that. That that barrier, low barrier to entry, we sort of see that similarly in you know in digital marketing generally that it's it's kind of easy to to get started with this stuff, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's easy to grow or to sort of create a sustainable business. So, how do you think you've been able to grow so quickly um, across so many different brands, but also help? What is that skill set for you? How, how do you look at an ecom? Uh, platform. So I guess uh, what sort of levers are you looking at to, to grow a business? And, and Yeah, I think yeah. that, the, yeah, number that would... one, the number one most important thing for, for, for e-com and beyond is, is really creative. So what we look at is, is number one, does, does the client have strong creative capabilities before signing with us? If they don't, then what are their capabilities of, of, of getting there? If they still don't have that, what can we do to supplement that? We have a creative studio. We can help. Are they willing to invest in that? 
are they willing to make a hire so that they can work with us and getting us consistent creative. So it's really just, just under like, like being transparent with the client about that. Uh, but creative is the most important thing right now. Um, and when I say creative video assets, photo assets, et cetera, because you can't get great performance without great creative, you know, people want to buy stuff from a video, from, from, you, have to, you have to persuade them to get it. You have the best audience targeting in the world, the best audience selection, the best budgeting, bidding. None of it matters if, if, if your creative is enticing for the consumer. Um, mm, and as you can mm. see, you know, you're, you're at, at times reliant on clients to give you certain things. If they're, once again, if they're not willing to invest in it for, for us to do, for us to, you know, potentially shoot the, the creative, et cetera, for them. So that's number one. Yeah. Number two is, uh, you know, just so there's the creative portion, you have to get them to the website as low as cost as possible. Then once they're on the website, how do you convert them to a customer as high, as high as a rate as possible? So really those are the two main levers is creative and on-site um, experience. Mm. So <clears throat> you're talking to sort of overall user experience in terms of creative and design and the website as a whole or specifically sort of into the the so creative of the of the on-site on listings on-site yeah. experience would be all of those things and trying to increase improve conversion rate or an average order value etc um yeah. because if you're making your earnings per visitor as high as possible uh and and, and if you're having great you know creative on the ad side you're mm. that, that would in turn potentially decrease the cost per click so you're decreasing yeah. cost per click, increasing inc revenue per user. That's what creates that high return on ad spend and scalability for any brand. Mm -hmm. I know this is one of these dependent this kind of questions that's dependent on obviously the type of brand and what's being sold. But do you see more as more lifestyle type imagery and lifestyle video? That sort of classic Nike style, you no know, video versus a. A pro like he, he, here's the cup and here it is in 3D and this is what it does and here's the functions. Obviously, if you're selling a, a water bottle, right, you want to show more of the features. If you're selling leggings, let's say, you want, maybe it's more about the lifestyle. But do you find one or the other or does it sort of a, a good combination in terms of a, either sort of a light, that lifestyle, that classic Nike, Reebok sort of sports, big, big brand style tribal lifestyle type content versus here's the thing and here's the features and here's the benefits? Um, I found that more often than not, lifestyle video does not work very well. Mm. Um, lifestyle photo can work if you're doing proper text overlays on it. Um, right. The video what works really well is direct response video. Um, you yeah. know, you're calling to action functionalities, presenting all the unique value propositions, you know, implementing all, all the proper aspects of a video to try and get that direct response. So you know, give you a hook, unique value propositions, challenges, you know, discussing reasons why people potentially might not want to buy it. So if you're addressing those, it makes the buyer journey a lot easier and smoother mm. um, versus just like showing it out, people wearing it, like that doesn't resonate and that doesn't cut through the noise as much as you might think when you're scrolling mm. through your mm. timeline. So, yeah. Yeah. And is, is that both sort of, I guess, on the listing and on the, is there, is there distinctions between, or is the, the list, the listing, where I'm in a different kind of buying mode 
code or someone batch out. Uh, maybe what, like I say, that what are the features, what are the benefits, what's the cost, what are the colors, that kind of thing comes into consideration more so at that stage than, say, in my news feed in the sort of the ad creative part. Is there a, a, a distinction there for you, or are you sort of using similar assets and find that sort of that, that, that same sort of format works both on the sort of the ad component and the listing component, or is there a distinction there? Um, it, once you're on once you're on the website, it can be more like lifestyle related things. It's more so on the actual advertisements itself, where like you need to once again it's cutting through the noise. So once they're on the website, mm. then you can you know have some lifestyle imagery, right. video, photo, this and that, um, because then you're now trying to sell it. You're you know you have their attention. So it's hard to capture people's attention. I found through just lifestyle kind of photo and video on the actual mm. ad platforms. That's yeah. a broad statement, but more often than not, yeah. it's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no, interesting to sort of understand those distinctions. Um, and once you've sort of got, you sort of sp- talked a little bit about that sort of conversion rate optimization, you want to build that lifetime value, you want to get as many purchases per, per visit as possible. What is the least when you're testing out what's going to work best for for a listing. And so sort of talked a bit about the creative, what other aspects of a listing other than the basic stuff like ch- sizing and, and price and that sort of thing. What what other levers are you sort of looking at to grow something like a Shopify store um, from a conversion perspective? Um, you know, you mentioned a little lifetime value. So nowadays, especially if it's a brand, like trying, you know, it's tough to build a sustainable business long-term without mm. customers returning. If you have to constantly focus on the next customer, it's, it's it really is tough to have built a sustainable brand. So having a product mm-hmm. or brand with subscription component um, is essential in my opinion. Mm. Okay. Um, Cause once again, if you have to focus on just constantly churning through new costs, it's just eventually the growth is going to, you're going to decline and, Mm. costs go up etc so trying to get customers that opting into subscription um is arguably one one of the most important things for building a a sustainable brand in my opinion today if they're not in subscription trying to increase that lifetime value through the best user experience possible through proper email marketing sms marketing storytelling etc there's always so many so talk about subscription for a brand or a service. How, how do you how do you build in that subscription model to a um, to ecom? It's an interesting idea. Yeah, not every product can do subscriptions. That's number one. You know, mm. if you're selling like I don't know, uh, you know, uh, typically nothing that's consumable. It's hard to do it, get it on subscription. Yeah. So it's typically relevant for consumable products. You know, like supplements. Right. Um, right. Facial, you know, related items, think makeup, skincare, stuff like that. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Stuff that has, mm. you know, that has a... Stuff that you on a weekly basis? Yeah, exactly. So okay. you can't get every product on it, which is, but that's something to be aware of. It's like, you know, that's why some products are, are tough. Um, mm. Some brands, people don't think about that when they're launching a brand. Um and that's why you just start scaling through more SKUs because hopefully you think if you have that customer and they're happy, 
then you can try to sell them on other products. But some mm. people go into a company not even thinking how they're going to start expanding their product line. Um, so without that consumable portion to it, mm. um, mm. but that's what I find is where, where people run into issues. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. So potentially you could also look at a product where you've got, I guess, a consumable part or an, or an add on to something. So if I had a thing like a, a water bottle or something that had a filter mechanism in it, right, I might need to upgrade the filter every three months or something that could be a component that you could put on a subscription. So sort of thinking about here's my core product, but here's sort of an add on or, or something that is consumable that I could add on to a subscription sort of service. That could be a way to start thinking about it. is do you, do you bring that sort of that strategic lens to your customers as well yeah. where you're sort of helping them decide what to do with absolutely yeah we're not just in, in, involved in the ad buying as the button pushing as i call it you yeah. know if because if, if, if they're not having those strategic thoughts then we can't do our jobs as best as possible the brain mm-hmm. can't grow so we're incentivized for the brand to grow and we're, we're you know we get involved in conversations like that with our clients so absolutely Mm-hmm. I guess you've you've obviously got that broad ex- you've got that expertise because you've done it yourself. Um, so it must give them some comfort that you you know what you're talking about. <laughs> they take your advice seriously. Exactly. <laughs> so take us through. I'm interested to, to hear about this side hustle, Rap TV. Um, I mean, you're into rap, and that's sort of your bag. And you've how, how did that all come about? Was that you just kind of needed something else to fill some hours in the day or just you say it's a passion project. Um, how did that come about? Yeah. So before I even got into e-com, I got my start on, on, on uh, digital marketing through growing these large online properties. So it was always kind of like something I had in the background um, mm. and uh, identified as a huge opportunity um, in the sense that like rap was blowing up. There was no one centralizing all the news, but you know, fans wanted that news in a centralized location so right. I built it, um, built a team to, to, to manage it. And the last two years, it started really blowing up. All, all the rappers started engaging in it, sharing content, um, yeah. record labels, you know, advertising to get in front of our audience for their, for their artists and talent and songs and whatnot. Um, and yeah, that was kind of how it got started. It was just like I identified the opportunity and knew how to grow the audience. Yeah, well... Yeah, well, it sounds like it's one of these things that are, you know, in the the Wild West, it wasn't the, necessarily uh, the the miners that were out making the money. It was the, the guys selling the picks and the shovels. So if you, in that in that essence, you sort of own the the platform and you, you own the, the the attention space, right? Um, you can sort of that media channel to attract all the best talent. Um, so what 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 is Rap TV? Is it a do you consider it sort of a, a media yeah. channel or a? I create I consider yeah. a media company. You know, we have large presences on all the media social media platforms now: Instagram, mm-hmm. TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, our website, SMS, email newsletter, YouTube. Um, so yeah, we're trying to keep top of mind on all the various platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting and. Was there a, a similarity in skill set between those two sort of businesses or are they no. completely distinct things that kind of keep you? Completely <laughs> different, which is why it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to have that um, sort of that, that, that passion business to tap into sort of on the side, but it, it's, it's, it's barely a side hustle. It sounds like it's a, a significant 
um, investment of time and energy as well, um, but very, very distinct. I mentioned that how, how do you sort of structure your time to sort of switch between those two modalities because they, they do sound like quite distinct sort of businesses? Yeah, I, well, my, my, my time is mainly spent on the agency. Um, I have someone I've, I've, I've hired to manage operations at Rap TV, and I'm more so pres- providing vision and stra- over uh, you know high level strategy to the team. Um, and they've become they've become very good at executing day to day. So that's kind of how how I how I divvy uh, my time. Mm, amazing. In terms of what's next for you, um, you've obviously got your your hands at least a bit full with what you're doing now in the agency is going sort of gangbusters, but what's what's the next 12 months look like? What's the next sort of three to five years look like for you growth-wise? The next 12 months for us is really starting to grow out our studio at the agency, creative studio, um, and offer, and now I want to, you know, creative, as I mentioned, is the biggest need for all brands and, and services. Yeah. So I want to be that go-to creative agency, creative agency that can, you know, if you already have your internal media buying team, be able to, to produce content at scale um, for any mm-hmm. client. So that's a big focus of mine, as, as well as starting to really tap into marketplace management on Amazon, Walmart, et cetera. Once again, right. it's, it's hard to, to always rely 100% on, 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 uh, on, on the ad buying. And if you're not happy, you your brand doesn't have a presence in as many places as possible where your customers are, you're losing eyeballs, you're losing potential revenues, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we want to help our, our, our clients um, be as omni-channel as possible. Mm, right. So you look at my Shopify store, how can I expand that into sort of Amazon FBA? How can I yep. build that into? Um, you mentioned Walmart. Was that Walmart? Yeah, yeah Amazon, Walmart, et cetera. Okay. Well, yeah, I didn't, didn't realize that Walmart had that sort of open e-com platform. Yeah. It's not, not, not a brand that we have um, here in Australia, obviously, but they I didn't recognize that they had that. Is it similar to like an FBA an Amazon FBA sort of model? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But you don't need to fulfill with Walmart. I think they, they have that ability now, but um, yeah. Okay. Is there is there any sort of up-and-coming new platforms that you've seen or is it really just going to stick with your, your Amazons and your, your Shopify's? Are there any interesting sort of new players coming into the market that you could see becoming interesting for people to start looking at? Um, other than Amazon, I mean, Etsy is another great one. Etsy, yeah. Um, yeah. other than them, other than Etsy, no, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Hmm. Yeah. Amazon, um, sort of space. Cause Etsy's always been quite crafty from my understanding. Like it's sort of more of that, um, you know, craft and jewelry and sort of custom fashion that sort of thing is it is that platform moving into more like sports goods and that sort of more consumable goods or is it it's quite seems like it's quite a dis, a different uh sort of market and audience on etsy than like an amazon no yeah it still has that but like if your product is applicable it's great to, to have a presence there right right yeah makes sense yeah it's an interesting platform um yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they, if somebody can come up and, and start to compete. But obviously, Amazon's got so many eyeballs, and something like a Shopify makes it so easy to to build out a presence. Um, if I'm if I want to get started in the space, and I'm not looking at Shopify, I'm not looking at Amazon FBA. I'm looking at like a Wix or a WordPress type setup just to get going. Um, 
is that something you'd recommend or would you recommend just going you know, is, 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 a, is a WooCommerce and WordPress kind of setup going to be good enough to get me going or is, is, is it just quicker and easier just to jump into something like a Shopify? Definitely the quickest and easiest to get on Shopify. Shopify. The reason why Shopify is so big is because they make it so easy and simple to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just for advanced sellers, it's for literally everyone. Um, from, you know, you're doing a billion a year in revenue to zero. Um, it's, it's so easy to set up. It's easy to see your analytics. It's easy to, yeah, everything is so easy. Um, mm-hmm. That's why they're so great. Yeah. Yeah. And they're pretty customizable these days in terms of, I yeah. guess, theme, themes and templates and that kind of stuff. So you can pretty much make it look however you want to make it look. Um, I can remember looking at, I can I started a Shopify store for some random thing, probably, man, maybe, maybe 10 years ago, <laughs> maybe not that long ago, maybe, maybe about that, maybe about six, seven years ago. And it was a little bit limited. You sort of had the, the Shopify theme and that was about it. But I'm assuming that now you can pretty much custom skin it to whatever your brand is. Yeah. Is that the case? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Daniel. Thank you so much for um, dropping by. If people want to sort of get connected with you, learn more about the space, um, learn more about Rap TV as well, um, but come and uh, connect with you, connect with the agency, get you to come and sort of help them look at how they can grow and scale out there their econ platforms. There's a few places up on screen, but where are the best places for people to come and get connected with you? Yeah. Um, Facebook, LinkedIn, even if you want to email me, Dan at the snow Twitter. I'm very active on as well. I am Dan snow. Um, and yeah, please reach out. would love to help anyone or just talk e-com. Um, so yeah. Awesome. And they can find you over at Rap TV. At, I don't have the URL for that up at the moment, but, but where can they find you for that if they're many, into that sort of thing? Many channels, but our biggest one is on Instagram, just at Rap, R-A-P. Oh, wow. That's a pretty good, pretty pretty cool handle. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that that was available. That's, yeah. uh, that's very cool. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. Awesome. Hopefully you drop some, uh, some knowledge for your customers. And, uh, and yeah. Hope, no, it's been a pleasure, man. It's been uh, yeah, quite very insightful. Ecom's a, a super interesting place, um, really interesting space. And obviously, so over the last 18 months or so, a lot of people have sort of had to start figuring this ecom stuff out. Um, so it's definitely a space that a lot of people are just having to move into. And it's good to know there's good people out there that can really lend expertise to help people get started quickly and, and get scaling and growing. So, yeah, appreciate you dropping by, taking right. the time. Take care. <laughs> Thanks again for having me. Thanks, Janine. Catch you on the next episode. Right. Cheers. Bye. Thanks, Dan.